there's so many things on on the docket to talk about. I hope we can get to them all. But of course, we're, we're going to stay. We're going to start with the big news um, outside of football. We're going to start with basketball. The Milwaukee Bucks. 50 mm. years since they won a, an NBA championship. And my countryman, Giannis Antetokounmpo from Greece via Nigeria, uh, <laughs> drops 50, been 50 years, and he puts up 50, and the Bucks win an NBA championship. Uh, listen, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Absolutely. Right? There's, there's a lot of egos in, in professional sports, and I'm not saying he doesn't have one. I'm sure he does, but he comes across as such a good, genuine person. Um, and it was funny, before they won, he, had, he was in one of the press conferences, and he, and he said something that, that I, I wrote down, and it's rare that I write down stuff, but I'm like, this is going to stick with me. He said, the past your previous accomplishments are your ego, is your ego. Your future, what you're going to do is your pride. And he goes, and that's why I live in the moment. And I, and if I focus there, we, anything, little Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Man, did he have to live in the moment and yes, not worry about the past and the, and the, did you get, um, did you get to, I guess I should ask, did you get to watch the game? Some of the things you kind of stood out to you? Oh, yeah, that, that comment you just made, because I was in between a game, and he was, like you said, he was just talking about, you know, not giving in to the ego. You score 35, you feel like, hey, look at here, I've arrived. You don't play good, you don't play well the next week. You know, I thought he was right on. The great competitors, the great champions, they, they move on to the next. That focus, that, that unflinching determination to be the best, to go win the game, is what it takes. Michael Jordan was that way. You know, I'm not trying to compare him to Michael Jordan, but to watch this guy lead his team to four straight wins. And it might have been, you know, if they don't dunk the ball in on the last play, that might have been, you know, it would have been four straight after the Suns winning one game. You know, and I thought what that was about was was Giannis finding his way again. You know, he had been out, been injured didn't find his way back to playing. Then all of a sudden you saw he was right back in rhythm and playing great basketball, but they have a really good basketball team and the Suns had some, some really good players and the best team won. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with you. I do think the best team won and, you know, all, all credit to the Suns, right. Mm -hmm. A team that wasn't in the playoffs last year had mm -hmm. a nice run in the bubble. You know, I think yes. they went eight, no in the bubble, but look, they, they missed the playoffs. They obviously signed Chris Paul, you know, we, we were critical of Chris Paul with some injuries and history, but hey, he did a great job leading that team. He got a young team with some good role players. I think some budding stars slash stars, right? I think Booker's there um, to the finals. So hopefully right. they can grow and, and, and build from that. But, um, you know, all, you know, credit to them for making it. But obviously the Bucks did everything they needed to do. They were the better team and they deserve to win. So congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. And we should mention one of their uh, one of their co-owners, Aaron Rodgers, uh, must be feeling good, but not so good. Not so good. Not but so good. good. But good. Offer, you know, he came out and said, or at least Adam Schefter reported that he said it's not about. Hey, listen, I, I think we all trust uh, Adam Schefter. Uh, it's not about the money, and I think he proved that because again, the rumors are saying. He was offered a two-year deal to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He said, no, it's not about the money. Do you still – I feel like I'm going to ask you this every week until something happens. Do you still feel that he plays for the Packers this year? Yes. Really? I don't, I don't change it. That fast? I, I, I just think um, at the end of the day, as I said before, I don't see the Packers relenting and saying, you can go. And we're going to go play uh, this other kid that we know nothing about. You know, I just, uh, I don't see it. The Packers think they're still in their window to fight for a championship in that, in that conference. And um, they sure are not in that window of Aaron Rodgers. Gone. So um, I, I understand he wants to leave, but players don't get to do what they want to do. You know, you can try to force it, but that doesn't work. I mean, and I know what happens. You see Tom Brady, and he didn't force it. It happened. No, no. well, Tom Brady was a free agent, right? He, he was, in, he was in, a, in different circumstance. Yeah, much different. So you can't you can't walk this down and say, 
those two are comparable because they're not. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't compare I them there, not, but yeah, other people. yeah, no, I get it. I just, I feel like if it was about the respect of the paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe he, he does that. He signs the, the, the two-year deal and takes the money and, and, but now I feel like, I don't know if it's just, he's stubborn, which I think mm-hmm. he is. Um, I don't know if it's his ego, which I think is the reason he kind of slipped in the draft a little bit, mm-hmm. or is it really just, there's something that we don't know that is just, he's like, I'm just, I don't know if it's personal, right? Is it his fiance? Is it Green Bay? Is it, there's just something that just, he doesn't want to play there anymore. And he's going to dig his, it feels like he's digging in his heels. Now, I don't know that he's going to say, forget it. I'm just not going to play. He just, he doesn't seem like the type that just, you know, I'm just, I, I think he'd rather play than not play. Absolutely. Um, and he's digging his heels in. It sounds like the Packers are digging their heels in. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. The question I have for you, Green Bay is a little bit different than most NFL teams in the sense that everybody owns the Packers, yeah. uh, which I think is a great concept. I think it's, I actually like how they do it there. But that being said, they don't have an owner. They don't have a person that is, you know, I, maybe this is a bad example, but they don't have like a Jerry Jones. that could be like, Hey, come on to my yacht. Let's figure out what the problem yeah. is. Right. Let's go for a cruise. Right. right? right. Let's, let's figure out, let's air those grievances and let's and let's move on. Like, or do they? Maybe I'm wrong. Do they have that person that can they do double, that? They, they have a person that is the um, you want to call the leader or the the ultimate uh, decision maker. But at the same time, it is a like you said, it's a a committee deal, you know. And so I think, regardless of if you have the ultimate or committee deal, it don't matter. Aaron Rodgers don't go. <laughs> I mean, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I see him digging his heels in. I see him wanting to go. Again, what is it fueled by? Is he tired of Green Bay? Has he had enough of things that have gone on? Does he want a new challenge? Is he on the downside of his career? Do he watch Tom Brady and say, wow, I can go to another team, an elevated team, and go win a championship? That's the only way people are going to see me, you know, as the same as Tom Brady, you know? I don't know what's driving this, but at the end of the day, it's not money. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't think it's money. That's why I said it's, when it's money, it's easy. That's right. And then there's not a, another Devontae Adams, you know, around the league, you know, and, and the running back that they play with, you know, and the style of offense they play. I mean, those things change. So I, I'm surprised that this this is personal now. Yeah. So it well, just, that's, that's concerning. Yeah. And that's, you know, all jokes aside, I think that's where I, I think they're in trouble is because mm-hmm. it feels really personal. Mm-hmm. And listen, I don't care who you are, how old you are, how much money you have. When your feelings get hurt, oh yeah. It's it's a tough one. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, you know. Again, I I hope that he finds what he's looking for and, he, and obviously we want to see him play. He's one of, you know, one of the best to ever do it. So we want to see him play like unless it's an injury, retirement, like if you're able to play, I want to see you play. My question to you is do you really want to see him play in Green Bay? Me? Oh, you know I don't I, want to see him in I, I did, No, I did not stutter. You. Yes, you. Oh, no, I saw a beautiful picture of him wearing a Denver Broncos jersey. That's and I was had that good. smile from ear to ear. I says, you know, uh, uh, let's let's go. Listen, I now I will say this. As much as Uh-oh. I would like, as as much as I'd like to see him go to the AFC so I don't have to see him two times a year, I did see someone else say, Well, you know what? I kind of like the idea of him staying in Green Bay and having Justin Fields beat him because then there's no excuse that, oh, it's because Aaron Rodgers was gone. We beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And I remember something that Lovey Smith said, and it made my heart melt. When he took the job as the Bears head coach, he said, my first job, my first job is to beat the Packers. My second job is the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But for, to do that, I need to beat the Packers. And boy, did he. And he got him to a Super Bowl. Uh, we didn't win it. But I like, you know, I listen, as a Bears fan or as a Packer fan, for that matter, we are born not to get along and, yeah. and on the field. And so I like that. That's, you know, there's, there's so few rivalries that still exist in sports, right? right? Because 
kids are getting, you know, they're, they're meeting each other earlier, social media, right? Like basketball, especially with AAU and all that stuff. Like they, they become friends and not that that's a bad thing, but I feel like we miss some of those. There's still some, don't get me wrong, but those rivalries where the teams just, yes. you know, they don't socialize when they get on the field, they, they have a true respect for each other, but also a competitive fire to beat each other. And mm-hmm. I think we miss that a little bit. And so, you know, since we talked about the Bucks, I'll go back to something Yanis said last night. Would have been really easy, he said, to join a super team. He was going to mention some, and he said, "I won't say any names," and and you know, do play my role and win a, and win a, a championship. I did it the hard way, and he he did. And so I don't know. I understand where he kind of feels like it means more to him that that's the way he did it. He did it the quote unquote right way. And if you look at the Suns, that's not a super team. Yeah. And we know we know it's every league is a copycat league. So I wonder, do we shift away from, you know, it's now shows that hey, it, you can't just put all the best talent together and win all the time. Um, so so we'll you know we'll see. So I hope Aaron Rodgers, like I said, I hope he plays. Yes, you know I'm torn. I hope he's out of Green Bay. If he is in Green Bay, obviously I still want to win. <sighs> but Michael Irvin, so I just I'm looking at this list of stuff. There's so much. Michael Irvin said, because we're speaking now about winning and Super Bowls, and Michael Irvin came out and said, if you don't get your COVID vaccine, you, you don't want to win. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. You don't want to win a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, there's restrictions, right? If you haven't had your vaccine, you can't you know, go to the, the meals. You got to stay in your room. You, gotta, you can't work out in the gyms with the guy. Do you think that not getting the vaccine and being away from those team events will affect the chemistry because i don't think it's listen i think they're going to play just fine whether they're they're not right especially the elite players but do you think the chemistry that you know whether it's timing with a receiver will it change anything if they're not vaccinated and they don't get to participate in all the same stuff absolutely it's who are the players you know who are those particular are you talking about quarterbacks are you talking about receivers are you talking about defensive backs i mean i think positionally it matters um, especially if your quarterback's not around. The leader of your football team has to be the focal point. So I understand what he was saying, but I think we're in a different time. I think um, our country's built on, you know, freedom and people have a right to do what they want to do. So in theory. In theory. Yeah, in theory. <laughs> you just Because the theory is if you're on this team, it's what you're supposed to do. And I'm not going to say who, but I know teams that have fired coaches let coaches go because they didn't get vaccinated because those coaches would not be able to, to be a part of meetings and be around the team. And so why are you keeping them? So I know some coaches have been let go. I know some coaches who are making decisions on what they're going to do, looking at what their other options are, because some people um, spiritually uh, don't believe that the vaccine is the right thing and their job is going to be taken away because of it. I don't, is that right? I don't know. You know, I don't have the answer to that, but I know uh, I had a big decision to make when I came to TSU, you know, because I said, hey, look, uh, I don't want to go back around my girls, my family and say, OK, well, I didn't get vaccinated I'm around all these players in there every place. And I come back and, and be in a position where I give somebody something. So I made a decision to take the vaccine when I first was totally against it because I thought it was the best thing, not just for me, but for all involved. Yeah. And I, that's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah, there's, you know, there's going to be, a, I think, a forever a kind of back and forth and a battle because as a private owned company, you can't, at least in Canada, I, I got to check the legalities in the US, um, you know, where I just had this discussion actually about an hour ago, and a mm-hmm. company can make that decision. They can say, to be employed here, this is a stipulation of your employment. And, you know, if not, then you go work somewhere else. And that's okay. Um, and, and look, it's not like the vaccine here's, here's the, you know, I, you know, I try, I always try to do both sides. It's not like the vaccine stops you from getting COVID. It's not like the right. vaccine stops you from spreading it. Now mm-hmm. it makes it less likely, you know, obviously the, con- the reaction to it is supposed to be better. Obviously we still, it's still very early days to know all the facts. Um, but I get it. If, if getting the vaccine means the the likelihood is reduced, of mm-hmm. getting sick, of passing a sickness, of, of how sick you get. If the vaccine means you can work out with your team, you can you know go to meals with them, you don't have to quarantine, 
you know, all those, all those things, right. You, you got to balance it. Do you, do you, right. do you believe so strongly in not doing it that you're saying, that's fine. I just, I'm going to not be here anymore. And that's okay. That's the beauty of it. You can make that decision. It's a tough one. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, right. I, I, I have a job to do and I, I got my vaccine and let, let's hope Look, but I keep hoping brighter days are coming, but there always seems to be now there's this Delta variant. There's just, there's, there's always something. Um, so hopefully, listen, so I get what Michael Irvin said too. Like what he's saying, and you know, if the, I wonder if you took it the same way was if you're part of a team, you go for that same goal and you do it by doing all the same things together. Whether yeah. it's a vaccine practice, you know, whatever that goal needs to be all pulling in the right direction. And if there's something that's going to pull you apart, the likelihood is if a team divided isn't going to win. Not gonna win. Uh, no. Now, now some, uh, some might not care, right? But Right. I believe that's where he's coming from. But I think there's a, a message there that, hey, look, everybody needs to get vaccinated. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what he's saying. And I just think um, this is an unknown period in time we're in for everybody. And I think people are going to make decisions like people opted out a year ago. You know, we don't know who's going to opt out this year. That's coming up. You know, I think there's a lot of decisions being made here. And I think people have a right to make those decisions. And I don't think people should put them down for making those decisions. I mean, that's what makes America great. Yeah, I will say, I will say that, like, whether you choose to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, I'm on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, you don't hold it against the person. No, you know, when, when I see people getting violent, because, you know, whether it's, you know, to put on your mask or you didn't get vaccinated. Oh, you did get vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, if, if you hold true, you know, that, Hey, it's, you know, the land of, you know, freedom and all these right. things, then, then be free. That it goes both ways. You know, you, that's the whole point is you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree, but it, no. it, it doesn't mean the other person's wrong because they disagree. It's just, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Um, and, you know, I feel like this quarantine has caused a ton of unneeded or, or exaggerated mental health issues, right? Being cooped yeah. up. I was just telling you before we started recording, right? I, I went out to my first restaurant and had a nice meal and it felt fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things, right? We, we need to look, we're by nature as a whole we're social beings, right? We want to be out with people and, you know, interact with people. And when you're not, you do crazy things. Sometimes it's because you've been drinking. Sometimes it's because your mental health is at risk. Um, But you do stuff like Richard Sherman, who had a bad week himself. And now we don't know. Now they said they smelt intoxicants on, on him. Um, he, de- he did say he was having a tough time, uh, recently. I don't know how much, how aware you are of the situation with Richard Sherman, but basically crashes his car into a construction site. Then we see the video of him. You know, people can be so mean, by the way, we see the video of him trying to break down the door and immediately the comments are, well, if he can't, if he can't knock down that door, how do you expect him to do play bump and run? I said, well, guys, <laughs> <laughs> but let's give them a let's give them a minute and then make the joke. But I, hey, I get it. It's social uh, media, and that's what they do. But when you see something like that, is your immediate reaction? Because let me go back a step. For all intents and purposes, whether you like or dislike Richard Sherman, he's an intelligent guy, well spoken. You know, went to a good school. I haven't heard. Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't heard him getting into any kind of trouble. So when you see that, do you think he's? Is it a personal thing that you know he's dealing with perhaps or just like hey just hey everybody has one of those days and he took it too far and he just he blew up or do you think there's more to it uh i don't think everybody has one of those days (laughs) (laughs) maybe not that day yeah i've had days but i haven't had one of days like that no i think he went too far uh it was obvious i think it's deeper than that though personally this is just one man's opinion um when you think of the value of richard sherman has been tied to being the best corner on the, some of the better teams that win. Um, his value has always been high. Right now, he's not on the football team. Nobody wants him. What do I do? Where do I go? Is his value tied to football and not his family and not 
is this foundation good? That, that'd be my biggest question because that was very uncharacteristic of a guy who's had the success he's had and been a huge part of the NFL leadership team because he has some roles within the National Football League. Um, and all that is undid now because of what we saw. And that was a guy that was going through something. I mean, yeah. you're beating down the front door. You're calling out the father-in-law. You know, you made your way to the father-in-law's house after wrecking your car. You know, and that, that that's very uncharacteristic. And he said it. That's not who I am. I'm dealing with something. Well, it'd been great for him to say what he was dealing with. So you could help somebody else, yeah. you know, that to me, I took that a lot of people took that as a cop out. You know, I can say I'm dealing with something, but what are you dealing with? Or maybe, maybe it's something at home, maybe something with the wife, who knows? I mean, but it's something within my family that we don't want to talk about at this time would have been a whole better scenario than, you know, it's just mental illness is this and it's that with Richard, you've been playing football for a long time, you know? What, 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 where has been the mental health issues prior to this? You know, you, you didn't go and banging on a door, wreck your car, you know, and your wife trying to stop you from getting out before. So where does this come from? Yeah, and listen, I, I, I understand both sides again, because listen, when you're dealing with mental health issues, not everybody is, look, not everybody basically can be like Brandon Marshall, right? To come out and say, hey, I'm dealing with this stuff. I want to make people aware that this is something that I'm dealing with, my family's dealing mm -hmm. with, and here are the things we want to do. If it really is that, and you know, I, I get wanting to keep it private, but at the same time, you've now done something public. So maybe you do need to share, to your point, share a little bit about what's going mm -hmm. on. You know, I tend to believe him because it's the first kind of incident that I'm aware of. You know, his wife was there standing by him and, and she spoke out uh, in his defense, which, you know, is, is good, right? If it really is, you know, something to deal with mental health, then I hope he gets the help that, that he needs and, and he gets better. Um, if it was just a cop out and excuse because, hey, I got drunk and I acted a fool, well, then shame on him. Um, but either way, you know, the, the truth tends to come out. So I think either way, it'll, it'll get dealt with in the right way. Um, from a football standpoint now, when your team looking for, you know, a corner or a veteran guy, does this sour you on him now? Like, does did his chances of getting signed go up, go down, stay the same? I think they stay the same, but it still all depends on what this is. I would want to know. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean, you just said a second ago, this hadn't happened before. Why? Well, I had football. Now there's been no football. I can, I can, I can understand that. I, because I know that's real life. I know that happens to people in real life. People struggle with that. They don't know what they're going to do next. Anxiety uh, kicks in. Depression kicks in. And you go, oh, my gosh. Now, all of a sudden, you're up against the wall and boom, it explodes. I understand that. But for just to happen to us to say, well, that was okay. just happened. I don't understand that because there's a problem. I do. Listen, nowhere near <laughs> on his level. But I do understand, like I remember, uh, yeah, I've told you this before, uh, when I tore my Achilles and I was not playing professionally, I was right, just university, but I remember basketball was no longer going to be a thing that I could do, right? Sports weren't going to be a thing that I could play anymore. At least that's what I was told. And I, I remember I went down a path that, you know, I'm still not comfortable talking to with many people, but I know what I did. I know that the, it was wrong. I look back and go, man, like I'm lucky that those decisions I made, really bad decisions, didn't get me into way more trouble, didn't get me killed, didn't get, you know, it could have, right. because I, because to that thing, right, like what I knew was, hey, go to school, play basketball, that's, that's what I did, and right. you take that away, and now it's, right, I dropped out of school, stopped, you know, I couldn't play anymore, again, made a bunch of bad decisions, so that's why I say I, I understand that, you know, feeling because if that's all he knows is, is football, and like you said, that's his worth. That's how he feels, which is wrong, by the way. Obviously, we can't let the sport define you. But um, but if that's how you feel, and now you feel like it's slipping away or it's been taken away and not by your choice, right? It's one thing to say, I'm done with the game. I want to retire. It's another to be like, hey, no one, nobody wants you. So, you know, I, I feel for him. Um, so, hope, like, like I said, hopefully um, – 
we, he can work through his things with his family and mm -hmm. whatever he happens to believe in and, and it works I wish out him like yeah I mean, exa yeah exactly we want one i mean he's a good guy he's a great guy and has been so whatever this is but i think this is a great example for players you know uh, that i mean for, even for coaches we got to help some of these guys who are gonna struggle when it's over there's been so many of them i mean we just don't hear about all the rest of them you know, but it's been a lot of guys who struggle when they realize my career, as far as being the man, being the guy is over. I don't, I don't command that type of response from people anymore. Why? Well, and if that's what you're tied up in, as you mentioned a second ago, it, it could be a downer for some people. Yeah. But listen, we've talked about this before and I, I don't think, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you know better than I do, but I don't think the NFL, NFLPA does a good enough job of working with young athletes when they're coming into the league and coming into money on mm -hmm. how to handle that added pressure responsibility, you know, all the outside things that are going to come with being a millionaire. And I really think they don't do a good job of helping transition out of the league. And, you know, because now you're not getting that paycheck anymore. And, you know, I think the number is like 67% of athletes are bankrupt within three years of retirement. Well, yeah, because you're used to getting a million dollars a game, whatever the number is, and now you're getting zero, but you're still trying to live that million dollar, you know, a game paycheck and support. And look, a lot of them are doing it. Hey, they're supporting their families, their communities. There's all these, you're not getting that paycheck anymore. So unless Anthony, you've made some investments, Anthony, where's it going to come from? Listen to what you just said. And you said it so eloquently. Think about this NIL. What are we about to do with these yeah. younger players? who coming in all this money at this young age that don't know anything what to do with it. Look at the problem we just created for the National Football League. <laughs> it, it's, it's big and I'm glad they're getting paid, but this is a big issue. There's gonna be more issues that come about where players are struggling dealing with things so i'm going to make this money in college and i can't make the nfl team i was able to accomplish this and i was getting a half a million dollars a year and now i'm going to be paid twenty thousand dollars for a year and so all those guys who are entitled who get this money who's used to having it and then all of a sudden they can't get it what do they do where do they go? See, I didn't. I didn't even think of that part. Of you know, let's let's use your 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 guy at TCU, Percy Miller. Now I get it; he's in a different scenario because of his dad. But yeah, I'm getting. I think his deal was two million dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm getting two million dollars to play basketball at at TSU, and if he doesn't make the NBA, wow. I, I never, what, what I thought for me, my biggest thing was I'm getting all this money and I know what I would do with it. Heck, yes. I can, I can tell you, I'm, I want to do the math 15 years ago. I was making three times the amount of money I'm making today with no mm -hmm. wife and no kids. And I didn't have a penny because as much as I got, I was spending, I was having to, I was, I was living the life yes. and I couldn't imagine at 18, 19 years old, having $2 million, it wouldn't last me a month, if a week. <laughs> I'm like, again, somebody go give it to me again. That's yeah. the belief. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, you know, again, I know that you're very concerned with that. So hopefully, I don't know, I guess we'll see what happens there. But speaking of, I guess, HBCUs or NILs and all that, um, week two of this season, uh, you're going to be playing Jackson State and I've reached out to Coach Prime, Mr. Deion Sanders. I want to give him his full respect for his name. I've called him Prime before, um, but only because, let me say, let me say this. I don't know if Coach Prime, you're going to see this. I'm going to post it all over your Instagram, so hopefully you see it. But um, I feel like I know Deion Sanders because I watched him. I watched him play everywhere he's played and was, I mean, like, I'm talking Florida through and it let i became i'm a you know how i feel about my bears i wouldn't oh, yeah. miss i wouldn't miss a falcons game right, right. like i talk about dion with the falcons i talk about 
um, uh, I'm going to forget his first name, of course, but Glanville. And I think it was a playoff game yeah. where he sent the whole team for the coin mm-hmm. flip. Like that was, that was just, a, you know, you felt you were part of that team. So I, I feel like I know him. Mm-hmm. And you, I saw the ups and the downs and the neons and, you know, him, you know, living the life and then realizing, oops, right? Like this is too much and finding God and everything that he has done. I've just, I feel like I've been a part of it because he's been so public with it. So, you know, I, I, I could see how someone would call him prime, coach prime. Dion, I, I get why he was upset because I think back and, and I, at the time when I saw him get up and walk out of the press conference, I was like, that's a little excessive. But then I thought about what he said and I did some research because that's what I do. I don't think anyone would call coach Saban Nick. Never in a million years would they call him Nick. And then I thought more presidential. And I thought, I haven't heard anyone refer to President Reagan as Ronald. And yet, I've heard a bunch of people call President Obama Barack. Is it an issue that he's legitimate? Or do you think, I see you smile. Is is he legit in the, hey, you shouldn't have called me Dion, like show me some respect? Or too much? Let me say this. Dion can do that. He's Dion, you know. I think any other coach could not command that, could not handle that. I think any other school, a coach would be recommended for that. Um, at the end of the day, you are Deion Sanders, you know, and he called you by your name, didn't call you out your name. Um, his comment was, I want to be like Nick Saban. Well, you haven't won like Nick Saban yet. So in your personal life, you have, in your career, you have, but your team, that's, that's not, that's a different deal. In my opinion, again, this is one man's opinion. I just think, uh, like I said, Dion is, is an exceptional guy. Love him. Unbelievable player, unbelievable coach, and he has an unbelievable program for him. But at the same time, I, 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 to me, it's what we're teaching others. I mean, there's a lot of young men who are watching and saying, if someday I want to be Dion Sanders, you know, and so is that going to be the best way to handle that? You know, that's what, my thought process is because I've been in that situation with the media before and I just think you have to handle those things the best you can but I I'm not a hall of famer I wasn't a great NFL player you know I didn't I didn't have all that behind me so you have to be very careful do you think and I know we're talking hypothetical here but do you think he felt like it was racial I don't know that um I just think it could, could have, he could have felt that way, but I can't answer for him. Yeah. I just think he wanted the same respect for himself as he's watched for other coaches. And, you know, we're, we're talking about Nick Saban, you know, who won multiple national championships. And let's um, earn it before I can say to you, look, I don't want to be called you. I want to be called Coach Jackson, you know. Um, and then to me, uh, is you have a right to, to, to command some respect on your name. Yeah. And well, again, I, so many, so many of these issues we're talking about, I, I feel torn because on one hand, okay, he used Nick Saban as an example. And mm-hmm. obviously that's, it's, that's a, you know, it's tough, but I try to think of other coaches, right. Has anyone like, has anyone ever called Sean Payton, right. And they're like, Hey, Sean, tell me about, la- you know, tell me about the saints game last night. Hey, Bill, uh, you had Tom Brady down there on the one yard line and you let him sneak it in with, you, you know, you, now, oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm using grades. Okay. Let me go. Right. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll use you. you. Oh, I'll guys. use you coach. I'll use you coach. Have I ever called you Hugh? No. And we're friends. I've right. never, have I ever called you Hugh? No. I just, that's me again. Maybe it's just the way that I am. Right. I, I feel like if you're a coach, you, you get the name, whether it's coach Jackson or you know, Hugh Jackson, I feel like, you know, I never, again, maybe as the era that I grew up in, I never would have called my coach. I never would have asked a question of something. But I think oh. in a Zoom setting, is kind of, it's different. It's not as personal. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, what's up, Anthony? What's up, Dion? How you doing today? You know, I just, I yeah. mean, again, again, it's, it's my opinion. Dion felt what he felt and rightfully so, because that's him. I mean, you have to respect 
what yeah. he wants. So, so let me ask you. So let me ask you. Let me. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but let me ask. So the the whoever the guy was that was asking the question said Dion blah blah blah, and he said, hey, you know, he said his thing, and then the reporter, I'll call him a reporter again. I don't even know who he was. He then responds back, Dion. Well, he just told you how he wanted to be referred to. At that point, he should the have then corrected the it, right? Yeah, the guy wasn't going for it. Yeah. I mean, the guy felt like he put him on the spot by saying, you know, you don't call Nick that way, or else, you know, you would be so and so, so and so. The guy, and I'm sure that pissed him off. And he's like, wait a minute. I, and he said, I have called Nick Nick, you know, oh, okay. and he said, Dion. And I think that was his way of saying, look, I'm. I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. I called your name. I've called other people these names. And I'm not going to change right here because you want me to. That's what I felt it was. I, I, like, it just, like I said, it's one of those great things where everybody has their own opinion. No one's right or wrong. But um, Although I think the next thing I'm going to talk to you about, there is some right and wrong. So I'm going to give you one at a time and tell you what they said. And I want your reaction because us, us, I get this a lot uh, anytime I defend an older player. Uh-huh. Um, but then they say stuff like that that makes me go, oh, come on, guys. So Dan Marino says okay. if he was playing in today's <laughs> NFL, 62 touchdowns. It is a more offensive league than it's ever been. He probably would. Really? Oh, yeah. He probably would throw 62 touchdowns. With that arm talent, and they gave him the right receivers because he could whip it around the ballpark. And we've seen the guys throw what 52, what when did Patrick do something like that? I mean, there's a possibility. 62? There's a possibility. Really? So yeah. you think he would uh, listen, we obviously know, right? He needs to have the offensive line and and, and yeah, wide receivers receiver. and tight ends, yeah. obviously, because if he's on his uh-huh. back, he can't throw any. Um, but you think he was that talented that, that oh, if he was right. in today's kind of offensive pass first NFL, and obviously was committed to doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. you you know you can't run forty times a game and expect him to right. It would have to be a pass heavy uh, team. You think he he right. he could do it? It is a good chance. Is there Mahomes? Other than Mahomes, is there someone in the league that could do it? Tom. You think Tom could still do? It? Well, he could do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question in my mind. It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with system and the people around you and the right environment. If, if you're going to throw it almost every down, you got a chance to make it happen. Well, we're ta- we're challenging Tom Brady right now. 60 touchdowns <laughs> this year for the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, see if you yep. accept this challenge. I'm going to put that all over his Instagram <laughs> feed, too. All right. The next one. So the next one, I think he was playing too much Tecmo Bowl. Bo Jackson. Right, I've said it. One of, if not the most athletic uh, players ever. Yes, you did. Um, Three hundred and fifty to four hundred yards a game. Now I don't know if he was including like kick and punt return. <laughs> that's. Uh, oh, that's a lot. Bo, that's a lot. You. That's Bo, a lot. You, but that's a lot, Bo. Three hundred and fifty to four hundred yards a game. That's a lot. So Bo is saying that he's going to run four touchdowns from 99 in and then have about another 10 carries that makes whatever. That's, that's what he's saying. Um, no, I think that one's tough. You know, I just think the league is very physical and uh, Bo was physical and fast, uh, but eventually uh, they, they, find, they catch up to you. They just do system style, you know, uh, analytics of plays, those things. I just think you finally get found out. So. I think there's too many situations where even if you have a, a back like that, that it's, it's committee, they're bringing in two, three, four, you know, I'm telling, mm-hmm. like, I'm telling you, look at me oh. teaching you about offense on it, <laughs> right? They're bringing in, right. Multiple running backs. It's not just going to be you. But so let me ask this. Cause he said, that's what he would average per game. Let me, let me give him a, a chance. Do you think he could rush for 300 yards in one game? Oh yes. Okay. Oh no, he could. He could. He could do. Okay, so there you go. There you go, Bo. You you, you could do it once. Maybe not an oh, average. Yeah. He, could, he was like av- average. Average. You. That's yeah. that's like. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, like six thousand yards for the. <laughs> we're we're putting two thousand yard uh, guys on our Mount Rushmore. He's going for six. Um. So then, now this one. This one. 
Gary Rice says if he was playing in today's NFL, his stats would be double. His stats would be what? Double. Possibly. So whatever because he did, double. It's a ball. It's a pass happy league. You know, you you throw the score and you run the win. You know, so people were throwing the ball all over the place. It's pass first, and Jerry knew he was the best on the field, and so. In his mind, he was going to get his number of catches, his opportunities, and he was going to make it happen. And that's a possibility. A lot of us, a lot of people will easily say, not easily, but it's almost like just common that Jerry Rice is the GOAT. He's the greatest wide receiver of all time. In fact, some say the greatest football player of all time, but let's stick to wide receivers. So they say he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. But those who you know, want to say no to that. We'll bring up his 40 time and say that, well, his 40 time was too. How much do you really, how much do 40 times really affect someone's ability to be a a successful, we'll stick with wide receiver for now, but to be a really successful wide receiver? It has something to do with it, but it's not the ultimate thing. Jerry Rice's 40 time is not comparable to how he played the game. I mean, he played a lot faster than what his 40 time was. Some people can run a 40. Some people can't run a 40. But can they play football? At the end of the day, are you a football player? And I've seen guys who run slow in 40s, but they play the game at a whole different tempo, energy, speed. And I think we all get that. You know, some people are gamers. Some people just have that when a game happens. And so... There's outliers, if you want to say that. There's outliers to this. And I think Jerry was from a 40 standpoint. Someone showed me some stats, and I don't know how accurate they were, so I don't share them, however. Um, but what he was showing me was the the 40 times, because the, the the other the second part I'm going to tell you, it's 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 not 100% accurate because you're trying to figure. But he said, look at the 40 times of this player running you know, in shorts and a t-shirt or a tank top or, you know, spandex, whatever the heck they're wearing around their forties. Uh, we're not talking about Rich Eisen in his suit, right? right? We're talking about actual, <laughs> like, you know, and then he said, and and then we've clocked them from the point where they typically it's running backs or wide receivers where they've caught the ball and they've started where, it, where they've been open, obviously not taking hits mm-hmm. and they've tried to clock them saying, and look how fast they ran a 40 yard time. And you'll see discrepancies, right? Where a person runs a, I don't know, four or five, but then with pads, it's like more like a five-two. Right. And then there's other players that run a four-five. And in pads, it's like a four-six. Right. And that's really, you know, like because the, what the point they were trying to prove to me was they should make them run in pads because right. it's a completely different ball game in pads. Do you Absolutely. yeah? Uh, totally. Have you have you seen has have you seen some people where it's like, wow, I can't believe that person who we thought was so fast is not fast in pads? Mm-hmm. It's no different, um, Anthony, when you think about players who plan to come from the Midwest, right? If you're a cold weather team, a la Buffalo, Chicago, Cincinnati, you want to get a guy who plays in the elements because if he's running 4 4 in the elements, he's going to run 4 4 for you. It's like some guys who play in the heat and they run really well, but when they get to the cold, they can't perform, you know? There is definitely something to that. No different than uniform pads. Some people play faster, play with more impact, more tenacity with pads on. Some people don't. You know, it's just that's what it is. All right. Um, so we have something up. But before we get to the last thing, I, I do. I do want to. This is a. Uh, I don't want to say a quick one, but I do. I wanted to start the the show with this, and I didn't. So I want to put it out there uh, to the Knapp family. So Greg Knapp mm. was in was in a bicycle accident in Danville, which is uh, just a suburb of Oak, Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually used to live close by there. Uh, I've lived in too many. I feel like I say that everywhere we go. And people are like, where haven't you lived? I've lived in a lot of places. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know, I've told you this. I've lived in four countries in like 25 different cities. So I've moved around uh, and I'm not in the military. And yet I've moved around a lot. So uh, trying to hide from people. That's, that's why I go by Anthony now. I have a different name. Um, so... So and I shouldn't make light of this, but was in a in a terrible, like life-threatening bicycle uh, accident. He was riding his bike, and like you just never know. And I want the reason I wanted to start with it because I wanted obviously to give him and his family our, our thoughts and our prayers. But at the same time, just like how do you 
how do you deal with that? I want to turn it to football. How do you deal with that? Un, those unexpected things, right? We saw, you know, Coach Reed last year with his, you know, his son was in that accident uh, right before the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. this, you know, the Jets. He was just about to go out east and help the Jets get ready um, for their upcoming season. New head coach, and like, how does a team deal? with you know the initial shock and obviously the immediate thing is their health and their family mm -hmm. and, and that once you get past that part how do you deal with these like life issues you have to be very transparent as a coach with your team um because you're not gonna fool them there's some guys and let's just be honest some guys who don't care there's some guys who really care there's some guys who are trying to figure out you know which way it's going i'm just being very honest with you I'm concerned um, for coach. Um, anytime he's 58 years old, he's on an e-bike, you get hit, and he's in critical condition. So like you said, I want to give a special shout out to, to, to Nap's family, uh, obviously to him, speedy recovery. Um, I hope he can get back to the Jets, you know, as, as soon as he can. He's a tremendous coach, great person. Um, but boy, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm always very leery. And it's not his fault. I'm not saying I'm always very leery of being on something. And it can happen to anybody anywhere, anytime. It don't have to be an e-bike. It could be a car. It could be whatever. But I am so cautious and mindful of everything I'm doing during the offseason because I know that that opportunity can be taken away, you know. And I'm sure he was out enjoying his day. And then, boom, this happens. You know, it's just unfortunate. And to be in that situation is tough. And I, I really hate it for Yeah, it's just, uh, again, so much going on that I just, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've had, I've heard so many stories of whether it's a bike. I, I, heck, I've had someone who's just running down the side of the road. It's just, there's so many things that can happen. And, you know, obviously you want the best for the families, but then you, know, you got to unfortunately figure out how to deal with, um, and you're missing someone. Um, I want to end today off with, uh, you know, it, I've gone, I went back and forth with this because I wanted to make a joke. And then I thought, I, I wonder if people are going to take it really, you know, the wrong way and think I'm being, you know, typical. Yeah, okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to try it out. If it doesn't work, I, let me look and say, I'm sorry to whoever takes offense to this. But I feel like you and I having our conversations every week made a difference. We made a difference because we talked about how few black head coaches were in the NBA. We and not just us, everyone that's been talking about it. Right. We, we talked about non-basketball, former basketball players who were black getting head coaches job in the NBA. And we got seven hires out of eight openings, um, black head coaches and one, now he's got a pretty good name. Uh, his dad was a, was a pretty good basketball player. Um, but he never played himself in the NBA. So we also got a black head coach who never coached in the NBA. It's good, right? Let's go. <laughs> it's good, right? Like, <laughs> it, only, it only took us a year, but we got some guys. No, okay. And That's the joke. Okay. But I said to you all the time, you've been outstanding. You're, you're that guy who uh, has never seen color and wanted the best talent to be hired. And for that, the minority coaches, I don't care if it's basketball, baseball, football, um, it doesn't matter. We appreciate you because it's not about this. It's about for you what's right. And if a guy's talented enough and if he fits, and but more so than that, your voice is out there all the time about it. And people don't do that enough. They say they will. And then when it gets a little hard, they, they disappear and they run away. And you don't. You take it head on. Hey, hit me in the face if you want. You can hit me in the jaw if you want, but I'm coming right back, you know? And that's just, that's a testament to who you are. And to me, what it should be, because change is only going to happen is in these public, very conversations it's talked about. And then people close the door and in private really talk about it. And it told me by having these new coaches that things are being talked about. They, yeah. they really are. Yeah, and I'll, one, thank you. Two, let me say, that's not why I brought it up for anybody right. i'm not, I, I i like okay um I but but i was ha look honestly whether i had one thing to do with it nothing to do with it whether it's it's not about that it's i'm seeing some change yes. and i hope that it sticks right yes. that's the other piece i hope that it's sticks. but it's good like 
you know, you, you, you know, I, we've had this conversation where I've always said, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that if enough of us keep, you know, beating on the drum eventually, mm-hmm. right, something will happen. And so this is, like I said, hope it sticks because it's a great sign. And, you know, and we've talked about this more. Here's the hard part. They have to succeed because yes. if they all fail and if they all go, you know, 10 and 72. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's this, not, but it's, it's good for business. Nobody says it's good for business and for people to see that there is a change happening. Mm-hmm. Last, I know I said that was the last question. <laughs> this is the last question because it's important to me and I want to ask you, what do the Lakers need to do this offseason other than get AD and LeBron healthy, obviously? What do they need to do? If there's one thing, what do they need to do to be back? So we're talking about them. Uh, at the end of next year? They need a consistent third score on the team, regardless if he's a forward, if he's a guard, a center, it doesn't matter, you know, the play around uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, They just need another player who can score the ball. And that's what I see. You know, uh, how that happens, I don't care. You know, I'm all for the super team. Yeah, I know Giannis isn't. I am, <laughs> it depends on which team. I wanna, yeah, I want to win as many championships as I can. I want the Lakers to win them all. So, hey, look, all y'all come to LA if you want to. We'll take you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, I I truly believe they need a, a consistent score. That when those two guys are not in the game, uh, when they're not playing well, that there's another guy that can truly count on. So the rumor mill's been swirling about Westbrook look obviously anytime there's a free agent or even not a free agent we're going to trade right we LA's always you know LA and the Knicks are always the first two uh, you know always those two teams are in the conversation but the rumor mill has been Westbrook Chris Paul Damian Lillard Mm -hmm. one do you think any of those three actually happens and if so if you had to pick one of the three which one would you want Oh, there's a really good chance it could happen. I'd take Damian Lillard tomorrow. <laughs> well, we're you know, we're on the same wavelength because listen, it's not I'm not knocking Westbrook or Paul. Me neither. But yeah, if you can get Dave, you get you you get Ooh. Dave. Are you fluent in sports? Get the full sports fluent experience by joining us on YouTube by searching sports fluent or You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sports underscore fluent or by visiting sportsfluent.com. Need more from sports? Don't forget to check out undraftedsports.com. The Undrafted Sports Media Network has everything you need from every sport under the sun.